is always eager to reveal things to us. He's not trying to hide from us. He's not trying to keep things away from us. He's trying to get things to us. Amen. And uh, I'll give you the title here in a moment here, but basically for the summer, we've taken a different direction. Normally I teach, most of the time I teach in, a, in series format, but the Lord instructed me for July through August, June, July, and August to teach just a separate issue each week. Praise the Lord. And so in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, the Bible says here in the same day, everybody say the same day. The same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now I want you to notice there's some key words here in this that we're going to bring out here this morning. And the same day, that's very significant because in this fourth chapter of Mark, as you read, the same exact day, Jesus had just taught them about the parable of the sower. Remember that, how the, the sower soweth the word? You know, and the word is the seed, the ground is the heart. Remember that? And he talked about different ways that the enemy tries to steal the word of God from our hearts. It's like an open book test. He shows us different avenues whereby he can come in the cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. You know what I mean? Come in and try to persecution, affliction, arise for the word's sake. These are all things the enemy uses to try to steal the word from our hearts. But the good thing is, is we can stop him in his tracks. Right? And so it's very significant that he says that the same day, because that parable is going to apply right here as we read this. How that Jesus gave a word, then the devil tried to steal that word. Okay? And it says, verse 35, In the same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, his disciples, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, let's endeavor or let's try, let's do our best to go to the other side. doesn't say that, does it? He made a, a strong assertion there. He says, let us pass over to the other side. Let me ask you, was it God's will, Jesus' will, that the disciples go from this point to this point to pass over? Yes. It was, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, the other time we see that phrase mentioned, let us, you see in the book of Genesis, let us make man in our image. And guess what? It happened. Amen. You'll see in the creation. Amen. Let us do this. Let us do that. And every time God mentioned that and he said, let us make man in our image, the next step was, there it was. And so when the Lord said this, when Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side, it was the definite, without question, the will of God that they go from this shore to the other side of the shore and to get there safely. Praise the Lord. Now the name of the sermon today is called, Is Jesus in Your Boat? Is Jesus in Your Boat? And I believe the Lord gave me some wisdom and revelation about this portion of Scripture. We're just going to kind of camp on this today. So he said in verse 35, let us pass over to the other side. Verse 36, and when they sent the multitude away, they took even him that, were, that was in the ship. And there was also with him, notice this phrase, other little ships. Other little ships. So this wasn't just Jesus' boat and the 12 disciples. 
There was other little ships that were going along with him. And we'll talk about that here in a moment because they got, on, they got in on the blessing too. Okay? There's also other little ships. In verse 37, and there arose a great storm. Say great storm. Now, I have you say that out loud because it's significant. There arose not just a little storm, but a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was now full. And, uh, and he, that's Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Who knows? Maybe it was my pillow. He was sleeping pretty good. For the best night's sleep. <laughs> MyPillow.com. Yeah. How many of you heard that a thousand and one times? <laughs> it's like, got to get me one of those things. You know? That guy's a believer, by the way. He's a, he's a strong believer, good guy, too. Mike Lindell. I should get commissioned for that. They're saying that. And it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship until it was now full. That's verse 37. And But Jesus was in the back part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and they say and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, that sounds nice. That's King James. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's like almost like, carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> you know, that basically the Greek is saying, they were freaking out. Okay, they were saying, don't you give a rip, we're just paraphrasing here, that we're about to go under. Okay, but Jesus was sleeping on a pillow in the back of the boat, and they awoke him. Now you know when you're having a good night rest and someone wakes you up, that's not a very good thing. How many of you ever had that happen to you before? You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was a kid, when I was a young teenager, you know, and teenagers like to sleep, you know. And uh, but my mother was always one of these early risers. I mean, 4 a.m. she's up, you know. Bless her heart. And, and she would start the vacuum and start doing this and come in there with that thing going full speed, boom, and hit the bed, you know, and come on, let's get up. It's 5 o'clock, you know, or whatever, 6 o'clock. You know, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to get up this early. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the back of the boat. And uh, they woke him up, and they were very concerned. They said, we're about to die. That's basically what they're saying here. Okay. And they, and they said this, don't you care? Don't you care that we are about to perish? Now, there's a lot of gems that I've, I felt that the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring out here today. Uh, and we'll cover those things. There is a tendency that when we step out, and they stepped out on the word of Jesus, they said, let us go to the other side. There's a tendency to think that if he said, let's go to the other side, then that means clear sailing. That means we can go. No obstacles whatsoever, right? It's a clear sunny day. You jump in the boat. You go to the other side. Catch some rays on the way. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But that wasn't the case. There was a great storm. Not just a little storm, but a great storm that arose. I wonder who was behind that storm. Was it God? No. It was Satan. It was the devil. And he came to steal the word that Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. Praise God. And this is where a lot of well-meaning, good Christian people get 
in delusion when it comes to, I thought I heard from the Lord. Because they weren't expecting some big storm to come up to make it appear as if you miss God. You all know what I'm talking about? I can't tell you how, I can't even count on both hands how many times that's happened to me. You step out and you obey God and it looks like all hell breaks loose. It's like, <laughs> wasn't expecting this. But it doesn't change the word of the Lord. Because if God says something and He declares something, He makes a decree, it's meant to come to pass. Now certainly we have our part in that. So they awoke and they said, don't you care that we perish? Now look at verse 39. I love this. And so Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind. Now isn't that amazing? Jesus actually talked to the wind. Can you talk to the wind? Evidently so. It says, and Jesus rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, notice this, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and notice there was a what? Okay. Now remember I said there was a great storm. Now there's a great calm. Right? Great storm needs a great calm. Not just a little bit, but a great calm. So Jesus rebuked the sea, and he said unto it, Peace be still. That's three words. One, two, three. Peace, be still. Amen. Yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. The Son of God. He can do that kind of stuff. But don't try this at home, as people say. Now, I'm going I'm I'm re- to change your attitude if you haven't thought already here. But notice the, the verse 40. It says, And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus was expecting them to do something about it. He says, why are you so fearful? Jesus said to his followers, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and they said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right. Now we talked about this phrase, is Jesus in your boat? That's important because Jesus was right there in their boat, yet they were so full of fear. They were so full of fear. And I submit this to you as a believer. We don't just have Jesus in our boat. He's in our lives. He's in our spirits. He's literally on the inside of us. But if we're not conscious of his presence, omnipresence, what's that mean? Always. If we're not conscious and conscientious of his omnipresence, We can go through life, we can go through situations and be so full of fear because we're not recognizing the omnipresence of God who's right there. Now here Jesus is in the flesh, literally in the flesh. He's he's sitting there with them. And they're, I mean, you can imagine, they're pulling, pulling out cups, canteens, whatever they had, and they're trying to get the water out of the boat as quick as they can get the water out, the water's coming in. But Jesus is back there asleep on a pillow. I wrote down here, Jesus was in their boat, but they let fear overtake them by being more conscious of the storm or the natural than Jesus with them. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you have been there and done that yourself? You're like, I know Jesus is with me. I know he's in me, but you know, you're standing there. As one guy said, your knees are having fellowship with one another. You're shaking. You know what I'm saying? 
And you can, be, you can feel the effects of fear. And I want to just say something. Just because you feel as a believer the effects of fear doesn't mean that you're yielding to fear. There's a big difference. You can feel the effects of fear because that's out here. You know what I'm saying? But not, let, but not have the spirit of fear. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. The disciples were freaking out. Here's another point. While Jesus was sleeping. Now how could Jesus sleep? Because he knew what he said is going to come to pass. Amen? But the disciples, they're in, they're in panic mode. I mean, they are full out panic mode here. While Jesus was at peace, he was resting. He had already said, we're going, let us pass over to the other side. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to see is because when the word of God is given, the Bible says that every word of the Lord is tried. Every word of the Lord is tried. And the devil tries, just like in the book of Genesis, when God told Adam and Eve that they, would, they could have every tree that's in the Garden of Eden. But this one tree, that was like the tithe, that belonged to God. He said, that belongs to me, but all the rest of the trees you can have. But what did the devil, and the Lord told them, the Lord told Adam and Eve, he said, the day that you eat that fruit thereof, you will surely die. The Hebrew says, in dying thou shalt die. Okay? They would die spiritually, and then eventually they'd die physically. Well, what happened? We know what happened. The enemy used the body of a serpent. Now, evidently, before the fall, before the fall, it was not a big deal for animals to speak and to talk. And I believe in the millennial reign of Christ, that, which we're all going to be a part of that, that animals be, will be able to communicate again. Won't that be cool? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But after the fall of Adam, they lost because they, they didn't think it anything strange. She didn't say, did you see that snake just talked right now, you know? And uh, that was like no big deal. And the, the, the devil used that snake's body. That's why he became cursed because he yielded to that. Lost his legs and now he crawls on his belly. You know what I'm saying? I do not like snakes. I don't understand folks that have pet snakes. I'll never figure that one out. You know what I'm saying? Or pet tarantulas or something like that thing. That thing's about to take you down, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like the cartoon I saw one time of a guy that was bear hunting. And he's like, Lord, I pray that you lead me across the right bear. You know? And all of a sudden he's out there, shows him this cartoon, and this grizzly bear comes along. And he sneaks up behind and puts him on the ground. And the, the bear started praying, Lord, bless that which I'm about to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, the snake borrowed the body of the serpent, and the snake said, Hath God said? In other words, did God really mean what he said that you'll become as gods? Or he said, you'll become like gods. That's what, he, that's what the devil said. He said, God knows you. If, if you partake of that fruit, you'll become just like him. Folks, they were already made in God's likeness and image. 
You think about insecurity, the first insecurity that ever happened ever in the earth today. And the devil uses inferiority and insecurity to get a foothold in people's lives. But listen, our, our, listen very carefully, our security, our identification, how we see ourselves is supposed to come from God the Father. The problem lies is when we try, to, we try to get our identification, we try to who we are and so forth by what other people are saying about us. That can be a problem. Now, it may, may be helpful in some situations, but for the most part, most people believe what other people tell about them. All right? They were already made in God's likeness and God's image, and the devil said, um, you know what, if you partake of that fruit, God knows that you'll become just like him. They're already like him. But see, he deceived them and made them think that they were missing out on something. Think about that. Isn't that how sin always works? The devil comes along through the thought, imagination, and says, you're missing out. You could have this, you could have that. It's all lies. It's all lies. And they believed what the devil said, and they committed high treason and sold out to the enemy. Remember that? They didn't believe, and the devil wants to challenge every word of God. We have to make these kind of statements. I believe God. I believe the word is true. I believe that every word he says is the absolute truth, no matter what is going on around me. Glory to God. And when your body becomes under attack, you've got to have some scriptures that you stand on, the word of God, or whatever areas that you're being attacked with in your, your life is to stand upon the Word of God and say, no, the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. They were so fearful in verse 40, they were totally freaking out because they had their eyes on the wind and on the waves. Folks, it's no different than when Peter was walking on the water. You know that other story Matthew's gospel, I think the sixth, Matthew 13, I can't remember which chapter it is, but Jesus was walking on the water. Or Peter was walking on the water. Jesus was too. And uh, as he walked on the water, Jesus said, come, you remember that story? He, as long as he looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, he was walking on the water. He was walking on the water. But as soon as he got his eyes on the winds and the waves, he turned and he began to look at the circumstance. He began to sink. Okay. That's exactly what happens to you and I when we're going along, we're endeavoring to obey God, step out in faith and obey God. Let me tell you something. There's no other way to please God than through the avenue of faith. Everything we get from God comes through the avenue of faith. Everything. Your salvation, you're saved by grace through faith. That's the beginning of it right there. But you know, in Hebrews, child, just make mention of this, but in Hebrews chapter 11, we call this the hall of fame of faith. You know, we're different people. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Enoch. And it lists a whole bunch of people. And it's, I believe it's almost 20 times in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. It's either 18 or 20 times I think it is. I think the Lord's trying to show us something that if you're going to get anything, it has to be by faith. Hallelujah. By faith, we got saved. By faith, we get filled with the Holy Ghost. By faith, we get healed. By faith, we have our needs met. 
The avenue of faith is the only avenue whereby we can please God to receive everything that He has for us. That's why the devil fights faith, the faith message so hard because you can't please God without faith. And everything that we receive in this life, natural things, spiritual things, come through the avenue of faith. Did your salvation just fall on you? No, you received the grace of God by faith. Right? And so they, uh, they began to call out to Jesus. And of course, Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. Now they made this statement here. They accused Jesus of not caring. Everybody say pity party. party. Anybody ever have a pity party before? Not a good place to be, right? Hey, listen, we're all tempted to feel pity sometimes. Oh, my God, I've been trying so hard, you know. We have to be careful that we don't let that spirit of pity come on the inside of us because it's very dangerous. And they, they said this, don't you care, Jesus, that we're about to go under that we perish? And that's human nature. When we face adversity and it comes against us, we're thinking, Lord, do you care for me? Do you know where I live? Do you know what city I live in? Do you know my address? Yes, he does. He knows it all. Just because you step out and obey the word of God. See, the word of faith, the word word of faith is the word of God. It's the same thing. You can't separate the two. And when you preach the word of God... The enemy will try to challenge that word, but that make, make no difference about that because he's no match for the man or the woman that stands on the word of God and doesn't give up. Now, I've known people through the years, I've been, been around this a few years now, and I've seen people that started out in faith and trusted the Lord, but then they just got so weary, got so, you know, just circumstances were coming against them and they just kind of gave up. I used to have friends that were my age, still my age, you know, but they're no longer serving God. They're no longer in church. They're no longer serving God because the pressures of life came against them. Initially, they were excited about the word, but then they weren't expecting this thing to happen and that thing to happen. And so because they had no roots in the word of God, they just got thrown by the wayside. Okay? Now, it didn't have to happen. It doesn't have to happen. You can outlast the devil's temptations and tests and trials. Amen? The Bible says that it's the cares of this world. One of the, Jesus, one of the things Jesus said, those on thorny ground such as hear the word and the cares of this world enter in and choke the word. The cares of this life, the anxieties, cares, they try to come in and they choke the word of God. Well, folks, listen, our cares don't belong to us. They belong to God. You know, the Bible says, casting the whole of your cares, 1 Peter 5, casting the whole of your cares, all of your worries, all of your anxieties, all your concerns over on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Amen? Now, the cares of this life, they don't belong to you. I heard the Spirit of God spoke this to me a few weeks ago. He said this, he says, casting your cares is an act of faith on your part. But he said, on my part, it's an act of love. Because our, our job is to cast the care. You do it by faith. You cast the care. That's an act of faith. But God's part is an act of love because he's able to take that care, do something with it, hand it back to you and say, there, I fixed it. Amen. It's an act of the reason we do that. 
Matter of fact, everything God does, think about this, everything God does is an act of love for us. He's not trying to make it hard on us. He's trying to get things to us, not from us. It's an act of love. He loves us. So casting our cares, you got to do it by faith. Anybody ever have, have cares, worries, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Nobody here has. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're concerned about your child, concerned about your finances, concerned about your future. There's, all, there's a number of things that you can be concerned about. And uh, there's only so many things that all of us face anyway, Right? But our job is not to walk around with our cares weighing us down. We're to cast our cares. That is an act of faith on our part, to give it to the Lord. Actually, you know what? It's an act of humility. I'll, I'll give you an example. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, not your mother-in-law, <laughs> your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Okay? He said uh, the devil goes around. Now that doesn't mean he can just pounce on anybody. He can't. But the next verse talks about Resisting him in the faith, you know, and he says, casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The only way, and if you look at that scripture in context, the only way the devil can devour any Christian, man or woman, is when we don't cast our cares upon the Lord, then he has a grip on us. Okay? Now, you know what it's like to walk around with worries and fears and you just, you know, it's, it's just hard. To, it's like, trying to run in a, in, in a pool. Do you ever have one of those dreams before you're trying, someone's chasing, you're in the water, it's like you're running through water, you're like, I can't go fast <laughs> enough. Has that ever happened to you before? Well, that's, that's literally what it's like when we, we let the cares of this life. Now, I didn't say it's easy, but it's certainly possible. And there are times, I'm telling you, sometimes I'll just over and over again, I say, Father, this care is in your hands. I refuse to worry. I refuse to fret. I refuse to have anxiety. I'll be going along and say, bam, there goes the thought in my mind again. No, 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 no. I don't have the care. The Father has the care. He is working this out. And I've seen, well, I'm telling you what, like Brother Kenneth Hagin used to say, I've, I had some marvelous reasons to worry and be upset. <laughs> Remember that? And sometimes there are things in life that we face, but it's like, wait a minute. There's a tendency, the flesh will say, Lord, do you care for me? Do you really care for Of course he cares for you. He says, I care, casting all of your care upon him. Why? He cares for you. The disciples in that boat could have stood up and said, no, wait a minute. Jesus said, just a few minutes ago, he said, let's pass over to the other side. So we're going to hold on to that. But they didn't do that. And that's why Jesus lovingly rebuked them and said, how is it that you have so much fear? Where's your faith? Has the Lord ever spoken to, that, to you before? Where's your faith? He's told, told that to me a few times. I'm like, but it was never out of anger. It's because he loved me. 
In the past year, I remember when the Lord spoke to me one time. He says, Keith, I wish you would act like I'm with you. <laughs> I said, Pastor Keith. He said, I wish you'd act like I'm with you. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He knows, he knows exactly what you mean. And um, he said, well, he says, I'm already there on the inside of you. But by the way that you act sometimes, it's though I'm not there. I said, oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. But I, he wasn't angry at me. He loved me. Because sometimes we act as if he's really not there. Just like in the boat. Jesus was in their boat. And they're shrieking with fear. They're flipping out. How many times have we flipped out and we didn't have to? Jesus is standing right there. Now, here's the thing. Here's the key. The Bible says, Christ dwelleth in our hearts by faith. Christ in us, the hope of glory, but he dwells in our hearts by faith. Right now, in this room, there are radio waves and television waves which your physical eyes do not see that are going through this room right now. But your physical eyes will tell you, no, there's not. I don't see it. There's air in this room right now. We're all reaping the benefits thereof right now. Right? But I can't look out and say, oh, there's an air molecule right there. I can't see it. But guess what? It's real. It's real. Now listen, the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. In this room, and now if the Lord did it, if you open your eyes, you would see in this room myriads of angels in this room right now. Because you're here, you're, how many of you are believers? You've got more than one angel attached, assigned to you, and those angels are there to help you and to protect you. And they hearken to the voice of the Word of God. Okay? So that's why when you speak what God says and speak what the Word of God says, they've got building material to work with. You see, a carpenter has tools to work with. A plumber has tools to work with. An electrician has tools to work with. If you take their tools away, they can't do their job. What are the tools that God has given us for the angels? The Word of God. He says they hearken diligently to the voice of the Word of God. Okay? Now, I've got a Bible on this uh, iPad right here, okay? From Genesis to Revelation, there's a Bible right here. How many of you hear it right now? Nobody hears it, right? Somebody has to give voice to the Word of God, who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. Now, the angels, they're able to take what you speak and what you say and hearken to what you say to bring it to pass. And that's why if we, we close our mouths and we don't open our mouths and say what the Word of God has to say, then He has nothing to work with. Okay? Now, I wrote down here, they accused Jesus of not caring. They had a pity party. But Jesus, in reality, expected them to do something about the storm. Peace be still. Now, I remember when I was going to Bible school. This is in 1982. And uh, Marlene and Levin went to the exact same Bible school at Rainbow Bible Training Center. And uh, I was not married yet. I, was, I had two roommates. And uh, I was living at Burning Tree Apartments. 
I don't know if they're still there or not. But I remember I was living there. And you know, in the South, they have occasional tornadoes and things like that and bad storms. We're not, I wasn't used to that up, up here. I'd never seen anything like that. Make a long story real short. One day I walked out of my bedroom. We had a two-bedroom apartment, but there's three of us. And I was walking into our living room, and I had this, these big plate glass windows that would open up to a small, I mean, small deck, okay? Only two people could fit out there, you know? And uh, from that vantage point, we were on the second floor, and I could look over and see the city of faith. I could see ORU, which was like, I think, by way of the crow, was like 10 miles away. That big tower where they built, or Roberts built that city of faith. And I could see it just towering up above because it's very flat in Oklahoma, you know. And um, when I, when I, and I was used to seeing that every single day, but I looked out one day and there was a, it was a really dark cloud that was coming, you know, a system, a storm system was moving across and you could see it miles away. And, uh, and I told my roommate who his name was Rich, or Mark, actually. It was Mark this time. And I said, wouldn't it be cool to see a tornado? I said that. Those are my exact words. Wouldn't it be cool to see a tornado? Now, all there was was this dark clouds at this point, okay? I said that. Within 30 seconds, the devil accommodated that saying that I just said. And he said, I'll show you a tornado. Okay? Now, the only tornado I ever saw was on the Wizard of Oz. And she's riding that bike up there, and that witch is next to her, you know. Like, that little dog, Toto. That's the only tornado I ever saw. So I just see it. That's the only, my only exposure to it, you know. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I saw a funnel cloud. Okay? God is my witness. A funnel cloud came out of the clouds, came down. And probably, this is probably about three or 400 yards away from where I was right now. Came down, and I heard it like a freight train, like they say. I thought, I'm really seeing this right now. And hair stand on the back of my neck, you know what I'm saying? And this tornado came down out of the cloud, literally came down, and it kept bouncing up and down like Tigger, you know what I'm saying? And it would hit the roof, of, obviously, because I'd see shingles go, it would suck up the shingles from the roofs that it hit. And it got real dark because it would pick up dirt and so forth. And this is all happening so quick. And all of a sudden, I realized this tornado is coming exactly directly towards us. Okay? This is all happening so quick. Now, there was a street. The street was named Memorial. That's where I lived on Memorial. That's where that just came to me, the street that it was. This thing came across the street, and everything's happening so quick. And I've got thoughts coming to my mind about, you know, Ramah students dying in a tornado. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These thoughts coming at me, you know? Because I'm not used to this, you know? And it came across, came down. Our, the, the apartment complex that we lived in had several buildings. It was all under the same name, okay? But there was building A, building B, and so forth and so on, you know? This thing came across our parking lot hit the side of the apartment, sucked out a window, pulled out a tree out of the ground, and by that time, it's maybe 100 yards away from me, okay? My roommate, we're just like, just like, you know, what do we do here, you know? And um, 
And so we both hit the ground, man. We just dove on the ground. We're on the second floor. And then we're thinking, this is so quick. It happened so spontaneously. We thought, what, the, what are we doing? We know what the Word of God says. Let's rebuke this thing. So we jumped to our feet. You know, we hit the dust first, you know, and then we jumped up. And we said, we command you in the name of Jesus. Get out. I mean, we're both shouting and screaming, you know, and this tornado's going on like this. And as soon as we spoke the word of God, that thing went, zoop, and went right back up. And went right back up. I don't know where it went from there. It went somewhere else. Okay, yeah. And so that was my experience with a tornado, you know. And that thing was meant to take us out. It was meant to take us out. But the Bible says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, Luke 10, 19, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you, you know? Amen. Now, I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel like I had sufficient faith. My flesh was trembling. But I thought, I like life. I'm engaged to this woman right here. I want to get married, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not ready to leave, you know what I mean? So we just, we stood, and I remember the one scripture that we spoke was Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen? Amen. But you know what? We said it, my roommate and I, and that thing just went right back up and it left. Touched down somewhere else. Glory to God. Now the apartment complex got some damage on it. Some other areas got some real damage. You know, but not a hair on our head was touched. Glory be to God. You were working at the time. Yeah, 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 that's right. And like I said, we're from up here. You know, you, don't, you normally don't see that kind of stuff here. And, you know what I'm saying? But Jesus, I believe, fully expected the disciples to do something about that. He'd already given them the, the command. Now, here's where I want to close with this today. God has given you authority, but you have to use your authority. If you're a Christian, if, you're a, if you know Jesus and he's in your life, you have absolute dominion and authority over the powers of darkness. But if you don't know that, if you don't know that, I've had at one point in my life, I won't go into detail, but I had a devil manifest himself to me in another city and started talking out loud, okay, and uh, I won't go into detail, but it was in Oklahoma City, actually, when this happened. And, uh, and I mean, my flesh was terrified. I heard this voice talking. I'm like, there's nobody in the room except me. You know what I'm saying? It was in my brother-in-law's <laughs> his apartment complex, you know. And uh, Spirit of God says, you better do something about that. And I was, I was frozen with fear. I don't know if you've ever been so feared, felt fierce. I was literally frozen. I couldn't move. I was like paralyzed with fear because I'm like, you know what I mean? Everybody thinks they'll operate in such high faith when that happens, but, you know. <laughs> to make a long story short, the Spirit of God spoke two times to me. He says, because it kept talking, he says, you better do something about that. And I thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't. I got to do something about this. So I, I propped myself up on my, on my arm. I was laying across this bed, and I said, in the, and when I said, I said, I started to say, in the name, as soon as I said that, it t totally stopped. The voice quit talking. It stopped. And the peace of God flooded that room that I was in. 
I found out later that my brother-in-law said, because I felt, it felt in my spirit that this thing was, it was an apartment complex. He was on the bottom floor. Somebody was on the top floor. And I just had this inward witness that something, whatever was going on there spiritually, something was happening above us, whoever lived up there. And I asked my brother-in-law, I said, do you know anything about those people that live upstairs? He goes, oh my God, they're into some weird, wacko stuff. You know? And I thought, that's what the deal was, you know? Because the devil doesn't have to knock on the door. He can walk through walls. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. As soon as I, I did, I didn't even get the full name of Jesus out of my lips. And that thing stopped just like that. He is terrified. The devil is terrified at the name of Jesus and the word of God coming out of your lips. He is no match for you. No match at all. The storms of life come against every way in some form or another. I'm writing this down here. The storms of life come against everyone in some form or another. But we can learn from this incident, Jesus isn't just in our boat. He's in us. He's in us. And I meditate on that. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I don't ever have to be afraid again. You know that there's different types of fears. There's the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. Being afraid of people. Afraid of their approval or disapproval. Afraid of man. God can deliver you from that. You don't have to be afraid of people. You don't have to be afraid of sickness and disease. You don't have to be afraid of dying in a tragic accident. Why? Because God is with you. The Lord is with you. There's been, I can't even, I don't even have the time to tell you how many times the Lord has protected me through the years from harm and danger and adversity and things like that. Here's a scripture for Isaiah 41.10. Then I'm going to close with something here. It says, Fear thou not, the Lord says, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed or confused, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's Isaiah 41.10. God says, fear thou not. Don't be afraid. Amen? Now, you might feel fear, but that doesn't mean that you're afraid. I felt fear when I heard that voice speak to me. I'll be honest with you. It was fright. It wasn't just fear. It was fright. It's like the guy in the cartoon. You see, he turns completely white. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> you can still feel that, but let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that that's part of you. I love, I love 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I want to leave you today with a, uh, I want to read it, a couple of pages here. It won't take very long. This, is, this book is called The Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagin. How many of you have this book or have heard of this book? This is a, an absolute classic book. It's his top-selling book through the years. Why? Because it's helped so many people. The Iron Curtain, the, the Berlin Wall, came down as a result of this book getting into the hands of the people behind communism. I was there when they were praying this out. We were there at Ramah when this was going on. We were having prayer meetings specifically for that. Kenneth Hagin called us all in. We had prayer meetings every night. We were praying. And communism came down. When Brother Copeland prophesied in, before 1989 that the Berlin Wall was coming down, people thought, heresy, heretic. Even people on his own staff, from what I understood, didn't want to broadcast that because they thought this isn't going to happen. But it happened. 
There's no wall. There's no bamboo wall. There's no iron curtain. There's no any kind of wall that can stand between the power of God and you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, I got to tell you what. This is, I was reading this the other day, and I thought, this is amazing right here. Do you mind if I just take a minute and read this to you here? This is some right hot off the press here. He says, we are the body of Christ. Even though we have prayed, now, Lord, you do this or do that, leaving everything up to him, He has conferred His authority on the earth to His body, the church, which is us. Thus, many problems exist because we permit them to. We're not doing anything about them. We're the ones that are supposed to do something about them. But we're trying to get someone else, including God, to do something about them. Just like the disciples woke up Jesus, right? And He says, this... This became real to me years ago when I was studying along this line, he says. I couldn't explain it in my mind, but I knew in my spirit I began to understand this authority we have. While praying for my older brother's salvation, his name was Dub, he says, I heard from the Lord in my spirit, challenged me, and he said, you do something about that. Now, I'll just give you a little insight. Brother Hagen's brother, his oldest brother, Dub, was actually he was he was really he actually ran with Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, if you, anybody know about Bonnie and Clyde? Okay, some bad people. Okay, he was in a bad way. He says I had been, I had been praying for my brother's salvation for many many years, and 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 uh, he was what we would call the black sheep of the family. In spite of my prayers, he seemed to get worse and not better. Okay. He says, I always prayed, Lord, save him. I'd even fasted. And I was prone to slip back into praying this way. But after the Lord challenged me to do something about it, after he had told me that I had the authority, I said, here's what he said, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of the devil over my brother's life and I claim his salvation. Now, he'd been praying for him for many years without any results whatsoever. He says, I gave the order. I didn't keep saying it and praying it over again. He says, when the king gives a decree or an order, he knows that it's going to come to pass. The devil tried to tell me in his thought realm. He says, the devil tried to tell tell me that my brother would never be saved. But I shut my mind off and started laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Nothing was funny, but sometimes you laugh by faith. That's important, right? We know what laughing in the spirit is, but sometimes you start out by faith. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Isn't that right? And he says, he says, uh, where we are here, he says, I don't think he'll be saved. He was responding to the devil. He says, I don't think he'll be saved. I know he'll be saved. I took the name of Jesus and I broke your power over him and claimed his deliverance and salvation. And I went my way whistling. Within 10 days, my brother was saved He said, the word of God works. Now, he went on to say here, as long as Satan, this is so important here. This ties in with what we're we're talking about here. As long as Satan can keep you in unbelief and hold you in the arena of reason, he'll whip you on every battle. But if you hold him in the arena of faith and in the spirit, you'll whip the devil every time. He won't argue with you about the name of Jesus. He's afraid of the name of Jesus. 
And I found that the most effective way to pray can be when you demand your rights. That's the way I pray. I demand my rights. Peter at the gate beautiful did not pray for the lame man. He demanded him to be healed in Acts 3, 6. You're not demanding God when you demand your rights. You're demanding of the devil. Amen? And uh, let me skip down here. We'll close with this one here, this account here. He said, uh, in John's gospel, it says, the Greek actually says, whatsoever you ask in my name, you shall receive. He said, actually, it means demand. Whatever you demand in my name, I will give it to you. Now, listen to this little account right here, and we'll close here today. Many years ago, I was pastoring a little church in a small town in Texas, and a woman brought her violently insane sister to the parsonage to be prayed for. Because this woman had tried to kill herself and to kill others, she had been put in a padded cell for two years, this woman. However, her health had deteriorated, and the doctors recommend, uh, recommended her a furlough to come home for a while. She was not, no longer considered dangerous. Okay, Now, here's what happened. When her sister introduced me as preacher, scripture started pouring out, rolling out of her, out of this woman's mouth. She thought that she had committed the unpardonable sin. And the Lord told me to stand in front of her and said, Come out, you unclean devil, in the name of Jesus. I did that, and nothing happened. She sat there and looked, looked like a statue staring straight ahead. Now notice that he used the name of Jesus, but it looked like nothing happened. This is, really, this is a really a key right here. Because when you use your authority and you use the name of Jesus, sometimes it looks like it didn't work. He says, I knew I'd spoken the word of faith. I don't, he says, I don't have to stand there all day long and command devils to come out. He says, they're going to do it when I tell them to if you know your rights and your authority. They have to go... Once you give the command of faith, two days later, two days later, Brother Hagin says, I was told the woman was having a violent attack similar to the kind that she had at the first time, convulsions and so forth. He said this. I love this response. We can learn from this. He says, the news didn't disturb me. The Bible says that we read that Jesus rebuked the devil in, so much, in some such cases, people would fall and the devil would tear them. And I knew that the devil was just tearing the woman before he left her for good. I knew that she wouldn't have any more spells, and she didn't. But the doctors pronounced her normal and sent her home for good. Twenty years later, she was happy, healthy, teaching in Sunday school, and had a very successful business in her town. Praise the Lord. He went on to say here, he said, faith is involved in exercising. This is really important here. Faith is involved in exercising spiritual authority. Yes, there are times when evil spirits come out immediately, but if they don't, when you speak the word of faith, don't get disturbed about it. Now, this will help with your prayers. If you don't see an immediate result, don't get disturbed about it. He says, I base my faith on what the Word of God says. Some people's faith is based on, uh, is not based on the Bible. However, it's based on manifestations rather than the Word. 
He said they operate outside of faith and the sense realm, and if they get certain manifestations, they think the devil's gone. But, but, but he isn't gone because there's a manifestation. He's still there, and you need to know that to exercise your authority. When circumstances don't change immediately, some people become discouraged and give up and slip back in the natural. They start talking unbelief, and they, and they defeat themselves, and they give the devil dominion back over them. As Smith Wigglesworth once said, we know that name, don't we? He says, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the Word of God, and I believe the Word of God. Isn't that good? And I really like that because he said, our faith is not in the manifestation. Our faith is in the Word of God. I think that's why, I personally believe that that's why when the disciples brought that, that guy to him, they said, Lord, we've, you know, we tried to cast, remember that? That situation, tried to cast the devil out and looks like it didn't work. And Jesus took authority over that spirit and the devil tore him and he fell down. I think that's where the disciples missed it because when they gave the command, he fell down, right? Started wallowing and foaming and freaking out, you know, and they thought, oh, it's worse now. And so what happened is they got back in the natural. They got back in the natural instead of seeing it, the devil's on his way out. He's just having a fit. Sometimes when people need to be evicted, you know, they don't have a good time doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and the, devil's, the devil knows if I, oh, if I have to leave this, I'm going to have a, some type of a fit here. But his goal is to get us back into the natural. Now, I said all that to say this. Don't be moved. Let's not be moved by what we're saying and praying and taking authority over. And it, it, even if it looks... Like things are not working. You've been praying for that loved one for how long now? But it looks like it's still there. Let's not be moved by these things here. Let's not be moved by these eyeballs. Let's not be moved by these ears right here. But let's be moved by what we believe inside our hearts. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands and praise Him right now. We thank you, Lord, right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 We praise you this day, Father. We give you glory this day, Father. We give you honor this day, Lord. Thank you for the dominion and authority that you've given us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Obey the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The first scripture I, I got to share with you this morning is in Psalm 103. And it talks about the Lord has redeemed our life from destruction. And let's hang on to that word. Amen. He redeems our life from destruction. And that can be anything. Amen? Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You redeem our life from destruction. And you've crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, Father. So I thank you for that today in the name of Jesus. Praise, Praise God. I know it was just a few weeks ago. I, I'm just, wow. 
um, had spoke this to our congregation, but it just rose up in me again. In John 15, verse 3, Jesus said, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Wow. That's so powerful. When you, when you come to church or you go to anointed meetings where the word of God, you, you have no idea how much impact that's having on your life. Sometimes it's a lot of, it takes effort to get into certain meetings and sit under the word or to you know, place yourself in front of a computer or whatever to listen to the word of God. But when you come, I don't know about you. I mean, this week I went through some stuff, okay? But I'm telling you, just sitting under the anointed word of God just washed everything away and set everything right, Hallelujah. amen? And it's as though nothing happened, amen? So when you, that's, that's what's so awesome. God is pleased with your faith when you come to church like this and how the word is working so mightily in your lives. We're blessed. We're so blessed. I, I, I think I, what the Lord was showing me is that everything, once you sit under the anointed word, it just rolls off you like water. Hallelujah. So in other words, you don't, can you know stack up all this stuff think about people that don't know the lord the stuff just keeps stacking up stacking up stacking up and they're walking through this world oh my goodness how do they do it i don't know when they don't know the lord but when we especially you know as christians we take the the time and we step out in faith to go and hear the word of god you are so blessed so father we thank you we thank you for the word of God. Hallelujah. We're so thankful, yes, Father Jesus. God. Where would we be without the precious word of God, the anointed word of God? We don't take it for granted. Oh, for the greater one, the greater one, for the greater one shall rise up in thee, and the greater one shall show you the way, and the greater one will lead you where to go and where not to go. Oh, so take heed and listen to the voice that's on the inside of you, the greater one, the greater one, and you'll hear what you are supposed to do, and you'll walk in my ways, and you'll walk in my anointing and those things that try to pull you down will have no power for my anointing is a burden removing and yoke yes. destroying so you won't be held in captivity but you shall be made free by the son of the living God this Glory day God. in Jesus name ha 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 sebrovo kashabre teketako and debro van de sofro doshe great dose great dogo for you, ha, 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 will walk in a way that pleases me. And you will serve me all the days of your life. And you will know, have a surety that I am with you wherever you go. And you will know how my anointing has caused you to grow and grow from the fullness yes. of, of things that are about at hand. Yes. So get ready, yes. get ready, yes. get ready, get ready, yes. and you'll see my delivering power on every hand so rise up oh church rise up and take your place oh and continue to run your race Hallelujah. oh for there yes, is Jesus. such a prize that to those that stand in my way glory and walk in my way and work yes. in my way oh the glory that is before you oh yes. words cannot describe so get ready get ready Hallelujah. get ready Hallelujah. Thank, you, Jesus. thank you lord we receive that 
We receive that. Praise the Lord. Spirit of prophecy just came right into this congregation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll close it with this. Here's what the Lord said, just spoke to my spirit. I'm talking this, but I'm actually prophesying this. There is great reward for those that have clung to my word in spite of natural resistance. Those that have held fast, saith the Lord, to my word with bulldog tenacity and not let go. Those that have clung to my word and not given up. As I've said, those that have held fast to my word are about to be rewarded from heaven, saith the Lord. And those things that you've clung for and those things that you've stood on in my word when it looks like nothing was working, when it looked like the enemy was winning, his worst day is about to come. For you see, the breakthrough is already on the horizon. The breakthrough is happening right now. For my angels are bringing breakthrough to those in this congregation that didn't give up, that didn't quit, that didn't let go of the word of God. Great, great breakthrough is on the horizon right now, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pramale Kriskula Malekis, Butchela Malakun, Chelevele Visikam Batisha, Griman Skandandore Visikanade Shikuno. Look to your heart, saith the Lord, for there's a new stirring. A new stirring that's been wrought by me. A stirring that'll cause you to look towards me and stand upon my word and look at those things that I have declared, saith the Lord. You'll walk, you'll walk, you'll walk in victory and you'll walk through the paths of light that I've set before you because my word will begin to illuminate your minds in a greater dimension in a greater way, saith the Lord. Yes, yes it's a new stirring, yes. saith the Spirit yes. of God. A new spirit, a new stirring. For you are stepping into the greater realms of faith and the greater realms of understanding. Just as I said to the Israelites, they were to gather their manna daily. So this is new, fresh manna. Oh, yes, Yes. you say in your heart, I've heard it before, but there's been a stirring. There's been a stirring, saith the Lord. There's been an enlightenment to your mind because you've made the decision to hear and listen. For you say it's a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing. It's fresh manna from heaven, saith the Lord. So walk in these things. Be diligent in these things. Watch over the things in your life. Be on guard and take the authority that I have given you. And so shall you walk in the victory that I have provided for you. And so will I grant unto you the victory that I have stood in and walked in. For you see, I was tested and tried. For you see, in the book of Revelation, my feet were called brazen feet of fire because I've been through the fire. I've been through the testings. In the trial, saith the Lord, yes. but I walked victor, victorious yes. because I yes. stood upon my Father's word and I walked in the light of it, saith the Lord. So continue in these things and be strong, saith the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Glory. And so shall you have the victory and so shall you rejoice greatly in the things that I have done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think it not strange, saith the Lord, that I want to speak to you and yes, through you. Think it not strange, for your body is the temple 
of my presence in the temple of my spirit. And I want to speak to you. And yes, I want to speak through you even as I am today. Think it not strange that God that I would talk to you today for I desire to give you fresh manna. I desire to give you fresh revelation. I desire to give you fresh direction. I'm eager to pour out my spirit upon you more than you even want my spirit, saith the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Haven't I declared in my word that I'm not a dumb idol? Dumb idols don't speak, saith the Lord. I am the most high God and I desire to speak because I'm a person. I am real and I desire to speak to my body and I declare in, in my word that my body should have ears to hear. So here are the things that I'm speaking unto yes, you, saith yes. the Lord. I'm not an idol that doesn't speak. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a God yes. of trueness yes. and a God that wants to have fellowship and relationship with you to speak to you. Yes, there's some that never heard the voice of the Lord. For you're hearing the voice today, saith the Lord, for I'm moving by my spirit. And through my body, I'm speaking to you by my spirit. Yes. So open your ears. Incline your heart unto these things. For these things are true. I've declared them in my word. And they are at work now manifesting in your midst. Hallelujah. 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 There are those that are here that, that have said in their heart, Lord, will it be worth it? Will it be worth it? Know this. Know this. Those that stood upon my word, though it seemed like it would never change, though it seemed like it would never come to pass, there's great reward for those that stand upon my word. And yes, there are those in this congregation that have been standing and stood and standing and stood upon my holy word. I have not forgotten your faith. I have not forgotten your words. And I have not forgotten your faith. If you saw what I saw, saith the Lord, you would rejoice right now. Because the victory is at hand. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 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 You know, many times in the Old Testament, it was different, of course, than the New Testament, you know. And the, the, the prophet would say, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, the word of the Lord came unto me saying. Now, the reason he'd have to say that, because not everybody heard that. He would, he would be an earpiece at that point, the prophet in the Old Testament, different than the New Testament, and he would hear what the Spirit of God was saying to him, so he would say, here's the word of the Lord, and he would, he would deliver that out. Okay? And, but now under the New Testament, we're all kings and priests under our God. You know what I'm saying? And we all hear the voice. I don't know about you, but I feel like my hands are on fire this morning, you know? Just my legs, I just want to run a marathon or something. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. I just feel the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Lord loves it when we give Him place in our church services. Amen. Of course, we do our part. We have our plan and we do, you know, we prepare and stuff like that. But like today, this is, this is not the usual way things happen. But the Lord wanted to speak to us today. Were you blessed by that? Let's thank our Father. Because He did it. He did it. Father, we thank You today. We thank You for speaking to us. We'll never be the same. We're coming up higher. Faith is stronger because of your spirit today, Father. In Jesus' name. 
Now bless in each, each and every person, Lord, as they go here today. Manifest yourself to them. In Jesus' name, amen.